Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant, counting down who I think are some of the most relevant players to have a fantasy footy conversation for your Supercoach Dream Team and AFL fantasy sides across 2023. We're into the final 30, number 29 today, Lockie Neal. Depending on the format you play, you might be thinking this guy's way too low in the 50 while others are going, no, this it's about right. Regardless, we're going to have a good chat today about Lockie Neal's fantasy prospects. Throughout this series of the 50 Most Relevant, we always love to get guests and content creators from across the fantasy footy community. If you're a draft coach in any of the formats, chances are you're very familiar with the draft doctors. The man behind it all, Stevie Fizz. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good, MJ. Yourself? I'm doing very, very well. Lucky Neil's an interesting guy, and we always talk draft rankings at the very end of the podcast, but he has been historically this plan. We'll look through the stats in a second of his past few years, um, in particular as a lion, but he's always been this guy that relatively early on in our drafts, he's been a muchly desired player that people want to get into their sides. Yeah, 100%. He's you know a good captain option and reliable. He has a good role, and he's got a good history, so he's a Good guy. Yeah, he's been very, very solid for us for such a long time. 29 years of age, midfield eligible. And last year, there's some really nice high scores. A 145 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team was against the Bombers, his top score last year in that format, while a 198 in Supercoach. Yep, almost hit the 200 club. Uh, was his, not just his top score for the year, but his top super coach score ever. While his career high score in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team was just a few years back, while still as a Lion, though, in 2019, it was 169 against the GWS Giants. His average is a 107 in Fantasy and Dream Team. It means in those two formats, he's going to be priced just a touch under 950k in Fantasy and just a touch over 970k in DT. While super coach. One of four players to hit the magical 120 plus average. He went 122.8 with a price point of $676,200. And Steve, there was kind of an evolution of Lockie Neal a couple of years ago. Really started in his Brownlow medal year of 2020, where he was for so often seen as just a really good super coach guy with one good fantasy year, where He's such a good contested player, but really over the past two to three years, we've started to see him move not just to be a clearance player, but be able to really be an incredible midfielder for the Lions. Yeah, he's he's taken it to a whole new level. He, he gets inside, he gets outside, he um, he really does it all. So yeah, that, and that's why you love to take him at the top of your draft. Yeah, it really is contested footy, uncontested footy, clearances, stoppage clearance, handballs, and started to become a goal-kicking midfielder too, which has been really helpful. Uh, If we look at his season uh, across the board, the formats, pre-buy, he was going to 115.6 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, so well ahead of the 107 he's priced at. Uh, Post-buy, a little bit slower though, went at a 94.5, 13 tonnes across the season though, four of them over 120, and 
and just the three scores sub 80. While over in Supercoach, while he does have the average of 122.8 across the season, the splits are pretty important. 130 pre-buy, 111.8 post-buy, 19 tons, 11 of them 120 plus. Just the one score failing to get over 80. And he ends the season ranked eighth in Dream Team and Fantasy for total points. Top 10 for averages while he's your number one score in Supercoach for total points and third for averages. Um, there's a pretty good correlation too um, between when he plays well, the Lions win. And while a lot of people in salary cap format, Steve, are, are going to be talking about Will Ashcroft this year, there are two other pretty significant win- um, inclusions to that Lions side. One in the midfield in Josh Dunkley. We'll talk about him, I'm sure, in a minute. The other's Jack Gunston that this team should only be better again and he scores incredibly well when his Lions team win yeah they look stacked absolutely Mm. stacked so yeah you're probably right Josh Dunkley is the guy to to talk about but yeah well so 76 games he's been a Lion and in that time he's averaged a 107.3 in Dream Team and Fantasy. That is using some number jujitsu of the 2020 season, if you want to play the adjusted averages, but it certainly does really reinforce what he's done the seasons around. While he's gone at 118.5 since he's been a Lion at Brisbane. Um, So we know he's good. We know what he's done, but reality is what he's been only helps him form a decision for the future. So there are three things I want to talk to you about. Stevie Fitz. Let's talk about the one we just alluded to, Josh Dunkley. The presumption is he's coming into the team to play midfield. How do you see Neil, Dunkley, McCluggage, Lions? How do you see this Lions mix working out and does it impact his fantasy output? Uh, yeah, how, how it works out is probably interesting. I'd suggest McCluggage probably spends more time on the outside, which we've seen him do in the past. He's, you know, he's a good goal kicker. Um, he has that running capacity on the wing. I don't know that Lions has too many gears, so mm. probably inside's good for him if he's playing. I know there's been speculation he doesn't play or whatever, uh, but but I don't think Dunkley can be good. Like he he's such a good player. <laughs> I look at the things Dunkley does well; they're the things that Neil does well, and yeah. Neil does them in such massive capacity. I personally think the way has to be down. Mm. Uh, that doesn't, and and I always think like scoring less doesn't mean you're a worse player. He could be the same player. He just doesn't have the same volume. Yeah, no, it's a really good point in, in terms of tackles, which is what a lot of people presume Dunkley will be the thing he does best, which is that defensive pressure, which we correlate immediately to tackles. He averages still about four per game, Neil. So there's, it's not like he's losing out there, but really, you're highlighting the fact of it's another big body. It's another guy that's going to be winning football and picking up tackle counts through there. Um, I think that's a fair summation, mate, as well. Well, I think, and, and there's more to it. Like Josh Dunkley was one of the highest marking midfielders in the league last year. Yeah. Um, but where Neil is is at the top is ground ball gets and yep. contested ball. And I look at the team Josh Dunkley was in last year. That team was so good at both of those things. Josh Dunkley... Yeah could probably average i think you can get better in brisbane at just like i look at the bulldogs midfield and it's just stacked whereas that lions midfield it probably now becomes stacked yeah no that's a, that's a really good point so the dunkley's that are concerned that we want to keep an eye on not and the problem is in the intra-club matches you never see that they're playing against each other so you can't see it in 
the practice matches and the community series. Let's be honest, as much as we can garner some things loosely positionally, these are not teams and players that are going full pelt at the game. Unless you're trying to win a spot in the best 22, you are not on the accelerator. When you're a player like Neil, it's just about getting through. When you're a player like Dunkley or McCluggage, it's like, just keep fit, just keep healthy, just keep swimming, and you'll get your way kind of through this. So as much as we might think we'll learn from the preseason games, he is a very, very interesting one, and that Lions midfield mix is hard to get a read on until we really do hit the season proper. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing you know is Lockie Neal's going to be front and center. Correct. Yeah, so. you know where he's going to be. It's what happens around him and what that clip may or may not be. Um becomes the element let's talk about the tag in drafts especially it hurts because um it hurts everywhere but in drafts the average out doesn't matter as much to your total points that you accumulate from the year so we know he's going to cop a couple of these at various points through the year um he's getting better at him in terms of how he handles them and maybe dunkley will help with that but um, what's your philosophy? Again, more draft is your specialty, but with a guy with such a bad, that's maybe a bit too strong of a word, a history of a tag comes and it does limit his output to such a way he doesn't resemble his best. How do you go about ranking that in your draft or is that not a factor at all? Uh, it might be the if if I was trying to choose between him and, say, Clayton Oliver in my rankings, that might be one of the deciding factors in the end. Like if I was trying to split hairs, you know what I mean? Um, it might be him and Took Miller. I have them the same, but push comes to shove. Because they're, yeah. they're they're the guy you want as a captain, that, that, and that's why it hurts. Yeah, exactly right. Look, from a tag perspective with Neil, you, mostly you can predict it based on the matchup of, of his opposition. So he's the kind of guy that we always get the occasional like Mark O'Connor from a few years ago just turns up and randomly surprises everyone. But for the most part, you can check the team, the matchup, and get a good indication to go, right, this isn't the week to put the C on him or or run the VC loophole against him. Um, so that's helpful in terms of a fixture perspective. Um, their first six weeks are against Port, Demons, the Dogs, Pies, North, and Giants. From a salary cap perspective in there, They've got two Thursday night games and one Friday night game in the first five weeks, and they don't have a Sunday game until round 11. The reason that matters is he becomes a prime VC candidate for you early in the week so that if you're going, oh, you know, I'm not too worried about Dunkley, or I think that will only protect him a little bit more, but that might be the narrative you tell yourself, then now he does start to become a consideration because you're going, if you're spending that much cash in your salary cap on him, it's because you think he's a VC or C almost every week. Otherwise, you're overpaying for what your projected outcome of him is. So that might be the swayer for you. In terms of how he goes with Dunkley, I guess we'll know. I think you're right that it, that there's some potential clip, but he has scored well with Lions. But Lions and Dunkley, while they do have similarities in some things, they're also not really the same player to contrast them, are they? No, they're not, and and it's just another guy. Like you look at, well, humor. Who does humor cluggage replace on the wing? Mm. Like that. That's where kind of where I think it's it's the overall volume. But I mean, like you said, when he scores, he scores well in the wins, and on paper they should be winning a lot. 
Yeah, they they really, really should. Um, From a fantasy perspective, he averaged 113 last year in Dream Team and Fantasy in wins and a 122 in Supercoach in wins. So uh, oddly enough, the, the parallels between wins, losses, and his averages of tagged and non-tagged games, they almost line up pretty in alignment um, along the way. There's a little bit of gap between them, but they're certainly um, sitting alongside each other. Look, look for me, if we're to break down the formats, in, in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, if you don't think he's someone as to VCC in your starting squad, upgrade target, plain and simple. Super coach, uh, I think there's a conversation you can have that he'll be in and around the mark as a VCC option every week in your starting squad. And if you've got any hesitation that Dunkley hurts him, upgrade, plain and simple. If you're not worried about Dunkley and what it might do to his scoring in the side, if you think it only helps, well, then now it's there because historically, Supercoach has always been the format he's been an absolute beast and a weapon in. Um, he could be a burn man for you in every sense of the way. You could be paying top dollar for a guy that's going nowhere near it, or he could burn you the other way where you are just eating dust because he's the kind of guy that can go 130 in DT and fantasy, 150 over a six-week stretch, and all of a sudden, your season's done in your salary cap formats. Let's talk drafts. This is where you really are coming to the format. You're going to earn your big bucks here because uh, we pay about <laughs> as much as the draft yep. doctors do, man. So uh, where is he going on draft? It's probably different each format, but where do you kind of rank him at the moment? Uh, so I've got him in the early M2s in Dream Team. I just don't have that up at the minute. And I've got him at M7 in Supercoach at the minute. So I'm probably not getting him. And yep. I, I think, yeah, and that's kind of like one of those things where you can draft him. And he'll probably be fine. Like it's it's it. You should be fine. Like I yeah. say, he'll come back a little bit in average. I don't think it's going to be enough to kill you. No, that's right. And really, that if he's seventh midfielder, that's probably mid to late first round, depending on what people do with the big forwards, the big back. Yeah, I'd expect uh, Dunkley and and Doherty to be in that mix for going before him. So I think he's going to be yep. around that tenth pick. Yeah, I think that's right. On the turn in the first in Supercoach yeah. and fantasy probably maybe fades around later yeah, than that. I'd say fantasy is probably in that oh, probably late third. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like when you rank a player versus where the community with the ADP or where they might be tempted based off historical average is always there. So I'm with you. I'm in a similar place that where I rank him, I'll, I probably just won't get him. Not because yeah. I don't want to own him. I, I just... Someone jumps yeah. ahead. Yeah, if he falls to me, I'm I'm fine taking him. I'll put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. He's been barring one season, one of the most reliable hundred plus guys in AFL fantasy, one of the most reliable one fifteen plus guys in Supercoach over the past four years as a Lion. He's generally a very very safe guy um, to put on the field and put as a VCC. Um, and when he's not you can kind of see it coming right that whole week. You can see the gauntlet there, regardless of where he is. I, I think you're right. He'll be in that top tier of, of midfielders by the end of the year in Supercoach and just probably fall away enough for salary cap coaches um, in Dream Team and Fantasy to maybe need an injury or a heavy tag game to make him a valuable selection in their sides. Uh, Stevie Fizz uh, from the Draft Doctors, uh, appreciate your work. And uh, you guys have got some stuff coming out pretty soon for your community. 
yeah, if it's not already out, um, the the draft kit always always a great read uh, on the website. Twenty bucks, I think, unless Cam jacks it up. Uh, inflation, man. These inflation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's living in Queensland, man. Like it's it's all the Victorians <laughs> moving up there. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, so that should be out if if it's not already in the near future. So certainly, please head over to the website and, and check that out. Always help support the pod. Absolutely. All the links for that we've put in uh, the area you need for this podcast just click on the links and we've got that for you there and encourage you if you do draft whether you choose to draft in super coach or afl fantasy format these guys do some incredible content and uh if you're not following them or purchasing the draft kit then your drafting experience is not the same uh, make sure you go and check that out if you want to read the article on Lockie neil it is online for you now at coachespanel.tv in 60 seconds i got a little clue for you about who might be coming next in the 50 most relevant but make sure you do uh, read all the articles that have dropped so far mini monk has just given you a little bit of a recap on his 2022 season he's not just the newest coaches panel member but chances are if you're at the top of the ranks of dream team super coach or afl fantasy you saw that blinking name mini monk as a team because the guy was like stupidly top of everything we hate him for his successful year for how good he was across every format but that's online you can go and read that and who's next in the 50 most relevant well the good news is our patreons already know so you can join them at coachespanel.tv they're already a day ahead they know who's coming in at 28 well on friday afternoon twitter kind of broke no it wasn't the news that Ultimate Footy was merging with AFL Fantasy. That's not the news I'm referring to. There was a certain player that had something big change in their world. How serious is it? How serious was it? We're going to talk about that player tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant. <laughs>